Good morning. How is everyone today? As you can tell, I am not your normal movie guy, but uh, I'm going to try to do it justice. And so if you've not met me, I'm Paul. I am the uh, second half, my better half, Lori, who you usually see downstairs. They put the pretty face downstairs. I'm usually up in Kids Zone. And so I dub all of you th- this morning your honorary kids. So everybody feel free to be a kid today. We try to keep your popcorn in the box, mouth of popcorn. We we spill it out in Kids Zone too. But we're glad you're here today. And so... Uh, Want to just we got a great time. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, said so be a kid. Well, it is a little bit more movie, maybe not the norm, but I will tell you, it's Pixar today. And so I, I couldn't help but find I love Pixar. Started with some movie shorts, and so I thought it'd be good to get a nice little laugh, maybe get a picture of somebody. Let's check out a quick clip, short clip for you. Something a little funny helps. If you're a guest today, we welcome you. Those of you guys that were sitting on the electric wire already, they've been coming. Make room for those that are coming in, and uh, we're not gonna we're gonna let that be where it is. We we're glad to have anybody coming in, and so uh, disrupting our spot, you know, coming in there. So anyway, we are glad to see you here this morning. I have a few trivia. I have what. I know Pastor Ben's been sharing some trivia, so I had, this is Pixar, Pixar, so I had a few Pixar trivia, so I'm going to ask you to shout it out if you know the answer, right? And so first question, what well-known business leader purchased Pixar in 1986? Anybody have an idea? Say it out loud. Steve Jobs, it was Steve Jobs. I will tell you, uh, he acquired the company from George Lucas Productions, who did uh, Indiana Jones, also the Star Wars. He purchased it for $10 million, sold the company 20 years later to Disney for $7.4 billion. Nice return on investment. Uh, all right, what was the first full-length Pixar movie? And you know the year was released. First Pixar movie, full-length. Toy Story, yes. Year 1995, all right. And, okay, Toy Story. How many sequels have they been for Toy Story? Three? No, I don't know what trick you guys. It was, yeah, the fourth one is the original one, so it's three sequels to it. All right, what is the longest movie to date by Pixar? Ooh, kind of tough. I didn't know this one. 
It is actually The Incredibles 2. It was 118 minutes longer along. It was also the highest grossing Pixar movie to date at $1.2 billion. Not too bad. All right, this is a little easier. Which Pixar movie first introduced us to a character named Mike Wazowski? You guys are too smart, Monsters, Inc. All right, how about this one? In the movie Cars, Lightning McQueen is stranded in what town? Radiator Springs. We just did that on the kids on last week. All right, we're going to test you getting a little bit more. In Finding Nemo, what is the address that Marlon and Dory are attempting to find in Australia? They're going. They're going down there. Have a little paper. It was 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. You remember that part of it? All right, final one, final one. It, uh... Pixar's been known for putting what they call Easter eggs. And so they put like certain things that are clips from other ones, other movies. And so there is one iconic item item that appeared in Toy Story movie. It's been in every Pixar film since. They said they're Pixar Easter egg. Who knows what it is? There was a ball, but I don't think it was in every one. The lamp. Yeah, that's been in the beginning. That's true. I'll give you a hint. It's a vehicle. Pizza Planet Truck. Pizza Planet Truck. Nice. So anyway, you got a little extra knowledge of Pixar this morning. So listen, I'm not going to waste any time. We are in week number three of At the Movies and it's kids, kids all with us. And so uh, it's a movie I didn't initially see when it first came out. When I saw it, I was like, man, I really liked it. Uh, I've also, everybody, if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll tell you, it is a good, all our movie gets a good message there. And so we're going to learn something from this story. So let's check out this clip to help us discover our movie and the main character for today's lesson. This is me. I think it's apparent I need to rethink my life a little bit. What's my problem? First of all, I'm a rat. Which means life is hard. And second, I have a highly developed sense of taste and smell. Flour, eggs, sugar, mm, vanilla bean, oh, small twist of lemon. Oh, you can smell all that? You have a gift. This is Emil, my brother. He's easily impressed. So, you can smell ingredients. So what? This is my dad. He's never impressed. He also happens to be the leader of our clan. So, what's wrong with having highly developed senses? <gasps> whoa, 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 don't eat that! What's going on here? Turns out that funny smell was rat poison. Suddenly, Dad didn't think my talent was useless. I was feeling pretty good about my gift. Until Dad gave me a job. Clean. Clean. That's right. Cleanerific. Poison checker. Cleaner we know. Close to godliness. Which means clean. You know, cleanliness is close to... Never mind. Move on. Well, it made my dad proud. Now, don't you feel better, Remy? Huh? You've helped a noble cause. Noble? We're, we're thieves, Dad. And what we're stealing is, let's face it, garbage. It isn't stealing if no one wants it. If no one wants it, why are we stealing it? We are let's just say we have different points of view. <laughs> this much I knew. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. But to my dad... Food is fuel. You get picky about what you put in the tank, your engine is going to die. Now shut up and eat your garbage. But if we're going to be thieves, why not steal the good stuff in the kitchen? Where nothing is poison? First of all, we are not thieves. Secondly, stay out of the kitchen and away from the humans. It's dangerous. I know I'm supposed to hate humans, but there's something about them. They, they don't just survive. They discover. They create. I mean, just look at what they do with food. How can I describe it? Good food is like music you can taste. Color you can smell. There is excellence all around you. You need only be aware to stop and savor it. Oh, Gusto was right. Oh, mm, yeah. Oh, amazing. Each flavor was totally unique. But combine one flavor with another, and something new was created. So now, 
I had a secret life. <laughs> the only one who knew about it was Emil. Hey, Emil! Emil! I found a mushroom. Come on, you're, you're good at hiding food. Help me find a good place to put this. He doesn't understand me, but I can be myself around him. Why are you walking like that? I don't want to constantly have to wash my paws. Do you ever think about how we walk on the same paws that we handle food with? Do you ever think about what we put into our mouths? All the time. Ugh, when I eat, I don't want to taste everywhere my paws have been. Well, go ahead. But if Dad sees you walking like that, he's not going to like it. What have you got there? Ah, oh, oh. <laughs> you found cheese? And not just any cheese. Tom de Chevre de Pay! That would go beautifully with my mushroom! And, uh, and, 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 oh, this rosemary! This rosemary, uh, with, uh, maybe, maybe with a few drops from this sweet crab! Well, throw it on the pile, I guess, and then we'll, you know. We don't want to throw this in with the garbage! This is special! But we're supposed to return to the colony before sundown, or, you know, Dad's gonna... Emil! There are possibilities unexplored here. We, we gotta cook this! Now, exactly how we cook this is the real question. Ooh, yeah! The key is to keep turning it. Get the smoky flavor nice and even. Rat with some culinary this IQ. Is... I think we can appreciate it in Louisiana. Of course, I guess if Remy came along, we might cook him and make a gumbo out of him ourselves. But, uh, and so he opened the movie talking a little bit about himself. This is me. I think as a parent, I need to rethink my life a little bit. What's my problem? First of all, I'm a rat. And so our, our story starts off with the obvious. Remy recognizes that he's a rat. And so because of who or what he is, he's not supposed to do the things that we're going to see that he does in our movie today. And so the fact that Remy looks like and, in fact, is a rat begins to exclude him from what he may have been otherwise born to do. And so we're going to take a quick look at in the Bible. The Bible is a story that God told, uh, where God told the prophet Samuel. And he went to the home of a man by the name of Jesse to select one of his sons that be chosen as the next king of Israel. And Samuel, of course, as he got there, he began to determine who God would use based on what the sons look like. And so in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. And I love this red part. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God does not see things or look at others the way that you and I do. God looks at what is inside of others. He looks at the heart. And so God chose an overlooked son of Jesse named David to be the next king. And as the, as the Bible goes on to talk about him, he was a man after God's own heart. And his story is interwoven throughout the Bible as we begin to continue reading throughout it. And so here's our big idea. Here's a, the main point I want you to, to kind of capture from our movie today. And it's this. God has a plan for your life no matter how the world may see you. Now, Remy Remy's not your normal, everyday, average rat. Now, at the beginning of our story, we found out that Remy has a special ability. And that stood out among his fellow rats. And, of course, for his rat family, rat family and friends and his dad... His gift was, well, we're going to save us from getting any poison. And so you're going to help us, you know, smell it out. And we're going to have, so we have food or rather garbage that they had. And so Remy kind of looked at it a little differently. And so he used his gifts for recognizing the smells and tastes with help. And he knew that his talent was more than just doing that, though. He realized that the rat life he was living was not all that he was made for him. And so as we saw in the clip, he even told his dad, dad, we're thieves, we're stealing garbage. And he wanted to rise above the situation that he was born into. And so Remy, as he was reminded by his dad, also, he said, look, stay away from the humans. The humans are, are bad news. But Remy was drawn to him because he recognized that that group is like, I could do different things. I could see what they do. And he was, he was fascinated as he knew the things that they did with what they had. And so he, meant that he knew that he was meant for so much more. He was a rat with a plan. And so Remy would eventually venture into the kitchen of the house where he lived and quickly notice the excitement of doing new things with food as he noticed from the show he watched from his favorite chef, Gusto. And so Remy's passion for food and fascination with Gusto's cooking, including the encouraging words he heard him say, well, it, it, it helped him pursue a little bit more in his life. And so we're going to watch the next combination of clips. I've got a couple of them uh, put together. And so we get a glimpse of Gusto's nuggets of wisdom in a brief cooking segment. And then we skip to a point where uh, Remy is in, 
runs across a figment of his imagination in the former Gusto. And, but it happens a spot where they get blasted out of the house. In the house they were in, they suddenly have to leave. But he ends up in the sewers of Paris when he gets this figment of his imagination named Gusto. So let's watch and listen closely for some wise advice for Remy that you and I can learn from as well. Aquila Saffron, Italian, huh? Gusto says it's excellent. Good thing the old lady is a food lover. Hey, that's Gusto. I mean, look. Great cooking is not for a faint of heart. You must be imaginative, strong-hearted. You must try things that may not work, and you must not let anyone define your limits because of where you come from. Your only limit is your soul. What I say is true. Anyone can cook. But only the fearless can be great. Pure poetry. But it was. If you are hungry, go up and look around, Remy. Why do you wait and mope? Well, I've just lost my family, all my friends, probably forever. Uh, how do you know? Well, I. You are an illustration. Why am I talking to you? Oh, you just lost your family, all your friends. You are lonely. Yeah, well, you're dead. Ah, but that is no match for wishful thinking. If you focus on what you've left behind, you will never be able to see what lies ahead. Now go up and look around. And so Remy is inspired by the words of Gusto. He has some excellent knowledge and, and wisdom in there, I would add. Uh, brave cooking is not, for, now you got to get the French accent. Brave cooking is not for the faint of hearts. You must be imaginative, strong hearted, try things that may not work. And I like this quote here. And it's something that will point to our, our, some of our points is that you must not let anyone define your limits because of where you come from. He goes on and says, your only limit is your soul. Anyone can cook, but only the fearless can be great. And so obviously Gusto had some encouragement that Remy took to heart. And it was about not putting his ability to cook in a box. Remy was reminded to not set limits on himself based on what others thought about it. And it's a good picture for you and I to think about that, that not put ourselves in a box based on what God's put inside of us. And so I have five key points that we're going to take away from our movie today. And here's our first one. This is inspired by Gusto's word. And it's this, God defines our abilities and limits. A familiar verse that I turn to often reminds me of that. Ephesians 2.10, I, I love this verse and I go through it over and over again. And that's that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And that last part, so we could do the good things that he planned for us long ago. God planned, God made us unique. He gave us specific abilities that are going to help us. And, and he gave it to us so that we could use them, but not set limits on ourselves. It's not based on how we look or where we come from as shared by Gusto. And so then we saw in the second part of our clip there, with the help of Remy's imagination, that Gusto also offered him some additional wise advice. And as Remy was focused, I, I, you know, kind of we skipped over the part, but he ends up in the sewers of there, separated from his family. And the fact that he's lost from his families and friends, Gusto encourages him with this quotable phrase, and it's this. If you focus on what you've left behind, you will never be able to see what lies ahead. Here's our second point, and that's that God wants us to look forward, not behind. For us to make the most of the abilities that God has given us, we cannot stay stuck where we are. We have to look forward and grow in the gifts that we have. Focusing on the path just, past just simply paralyzes us and doesn't help us achieve all that God has. The Apostle Paul wrote these words to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. And as this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul knew that God had a plan for him and that he could not simply give up and stay stuck where he had gotten so far. Same thing for you and I. God doesn't want us to stay stuck in one spot in the same pattern over and over again. He has so much more for us. So while Remy, Remy climbs out of the sewer and he does make his way to ground level to discover, and it ends up being that he's in the city of Paris. Now he's in the city of Paris, he's in the shadows of Gusto's own restaurant. And so he wanders to the, to the window to look down into the restaurant and get a peek of what is happening there. In his observation, he finds the kitchen garbage boy named Alfredo Linguini, imagine that name fitting there, trying his hand at making some soup. But Remy would quickly realize that his own desire and ability to cook would rise up in him. And in doing so, he would eventually give a hand to this newfound friend 
and help him in the end to make something tasty. you waiting for? Is this going to become a regular thing with you? You know how to fix it. This is your chance. Customer say it was not a customer. It was a critic. Uh, Eagle? Selena Claire. The Claire. What does she say? She likes the soup. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait. You're the reason I'm in this mess. Someone's asking about your soup. What are you playing at? I um. Am I still fired? You can fire him. What? Leclerc likes it, yeah? She made a point of telling you so. If she write a review to that effect and find out you fired the cook responsible... <laughs> He's a garbage boy. Who made something she liked. How can we claim to represent the name of Gusto if we don't uphold his most cherished belief? And what belief is that, Mademoiselle Tatou? Anyone can cook. Barry, Alfredo Linguini did not quite fulfill <laughs> Gustav's belief that anyone can cook, but he did have a surprise assistant. And so this happened to the little guy, his assistant happened to know a little bit about making a soup that would receive praise from others. And so Remy's ability to cook is discovered by Linguini, which then creates a challenge for Linguini to prove himself to the head chef uh, Skinner. And so he's got to recreate this suddenly critically acclaimed soup at some point in the future. But Linguini, he, he knew, he saw how the soup was made. And so he knew it was tasty by the surprising rat chef. And so Linguini knew something that no one else did, that the rat that he saw was more than he appeared. 
And so he began to take, he knew that the rat could cook, and so he could use his talents in a way that would be acceptable. I still kind of, as you watch the movie, you go, a rat chef. And so, you know, I, watched the, I enjoy the fact that he washed his hands at least before he cooked early in one clip. And so Remy the rat ends up being spotted in the kitchen by the head chef at the end of the clip. And Linguini is expected to dispose of him. And so instead, Linguini takes Remy in, bring him into his apartment, and they try to figure out a plan for the two of them that they can make the most of a partnership to cook together. And so they have a few hiccups along the way, but they eventually develop a system that they're going to work together that will be good for them both. And they need one another, after all, if they're going to do this, work out this thing that works out for their lives. And so we're going to take a look at this clip on how Remy eventually displays his cooking skills through Linguini in another combination of clips. Morning, little chef. Rise and shine. Oh, no. Idiot, I knew this would happen. I let him rat into my place and tell him what's mine is his. Egg's gone. Stupid, he's stolen food and hit the road. What did I expect? That's what I get for trusting a rat. What? Hey, is that for me? Mmm, that's good. What'd you put in there? Where'd you get that? Look, it's delicious, but don't steal. I'll buy some spices, okay? Oh, now we're gonna be late and on the first day. Come on, little chef. Though I, like many other critics, have written off Gusto as irrelevant since the great chef's death, the soup was a revelation. A spicy yet subtle taste experience. Celine Leclerc? Yes! Leclerc. Against all odds, Gusto's has recaptured our attention. Only time will tell if they deserve it. Well, uh. Whoa! That's strangely involuntary! <laughs> One look, and I knew. We had the same crazy idea. Okay. Huh? Ow! No! Uh, uh, where, where are you taking me? Wait. No! <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Don't okay. mm Say, right. And so if you notice at the beginning of the clip, the trust between Linguini 
and Remy was a work in progress. When Linguini wakes up to find that Remy was not where he had left him, he begins to question his plan to trust a rat. And so I'm, I'm kind of picturing waking up to a rat cooking me breakfast. I just don't know whether to eat it or whether I'd be like impressed. But, but so his concerns disappear though when he sees that Remy's made him breakfast. And so an omelet making rat. Note the direction that Linguini gave to Remy is to not steal when realizing he had found some spices for their omelets in someone else's garden. And so this growing relationship between Remy and Linguini brings you and I to a third key point. That is this. God will use others in our life for his plans for us. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, very common verse says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Not only does it help us to accomplish God's plans for us when we have others in our lives, but we can encourage one another. It also helps them in their, in their plans that God has for them as well. God made us individually to need one another. It's why we come together to church. It's why we do things together as groups. I mean, all that things, we need one another. And so it looks like Remy and Linguini are on their way to success. Linguini is able to have a job working in the kitchen, and Remy uses his cooking skills in his dream job. And so the new partnership eventually even rises to the challenge of making a new dish in the restaurant that the diners that come end up loving. And so our story can end there, right? Remy and Linguini, they're the dynamic duo of the restaurant business, right? Right? Not quite. The story takes a bit of a turn. Linguini ends up inheriting the restaurant with the help of Remy. They discover a will that Gusto had left. Turns out that Linguini was, was Gusto's own son. And so he fires the head chef Skinner because he's trying to undermine the business and find his own way. And so Remy, in the meantime, is pressured by his rat family as they join together to begin stealing stuff of their own. They want the food that's in the kitchen. And so in the, in the midst of it, Linguini becomes a little prideful, thinking he's got all this together. And he, they begin to draw a rift between Linguini and, uh, and uh, Remy. And so the new pressures, along with distrust in stealing by Remy and his family, causes Linguini to kick him out. And he is captured by former chef Skinner, who has another business plan of his own to use this, this little rat that he didn't realize can cook. And so Remy sits in a cage reflecting on the recent turn of events that has happened and what he could do about it, when suddenly he's reminded once again by his imaginary friend Gusto just who he truly is. So, we have given up. Why do you say that? We are in a cage inside the car trunk. Awaiting a future in frozen food products. No, I'm the one in a cage. I've given up. You are free. I am only as free as you imagine me to be. As you are. Oh, please. I'm sick of pretending. I pretend to be a rat for my father. I pretend to be a human through Linguini. I, I pretend you exist so I have someone to talk to. You only tell me stuff I already know. I know who I am. Why do I need you to tell me? Why do I need to pretend? <laughs> ah, but you don't, Remy. You never did. No, my other left! Dad! Dad! Hey, little brother! Appeal! I love you guys! Where are you going? Back to the restaurant! They'll fail without me! Why do you care? Because I'm a car! So, we have given up. And so with the help of Gusto, Remy focuses back on what he is called to do. Remy recognizes that he knows who he is. And he discovers with Gusto's encouragement that he's just been pretending to be who he is. And so he recognizes himself as the cook he is. So he escapes the cage with his dad and brother Emil's help. And he realizes in that process that he's meant for something else. And so he, as he said to his dad as he ran back to the restaurant, he knew that Linguini and the staff of the restaurant, that they would fail without him. And it mattered to him because he recognized, he said, I'm a cook. He recognizes who he was. And so Remy recognized the plan for his life. And it gives us another key point as well. And that is this. God needs us to recognize his plans for us. We have to make a decision to follow the plans that God has set for us. God will not make us do it, but he's given us all the abilities to accomplish everything he's put inside of us to do. And so Remy, she, he shows back up to the restaurant. Linguini then needs to explain to his staff the importance of this little rat friend, his little chef. 
And it sounds good, right? He's going, here's, the, here's the chef. Here's the guy's cooking. Well, here comes the happy ending. Well, let's see how the plan actually works out for him. Don't touch him! Thanks for coming back, little chef. I know this sounds insane, but... Well, the truth sounds insane sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's not. Uh, the, the, the truth. And the truth is, I have no talent at all. But this rat, he's the one behind these recipes. He's the cook. The real cook. He's been hiding under my toque. He's been controlling my actions. He's the reason I can cook the food that's exciting everyone. The reason ego is outside that door. You've been giving me credit for his gift. I know it's a hard thing to believe, but hey, you you believed I could cook, right? <laughs> Look, this works. It's crazy, but it works. We can be the greatest restaurant in Paris, and this rat, this brilliant little chef, can lead us there. What do you say? You with me? sell right a cooking rat where's our restaurant people ready to get rats in your kitchen didn't go quite the way that linguini planned after all his staff looked at him as remy the rat though linguini was holding up in his hand remy the chef and so linguini put it all on the line he's revealed to the staff that he had no talent at all as a matter of fact at least not when it came to cooking and so linguini's words to the staff about remy the rat came in you've been giving me credit for his gift he thought that surely he could convince the staff that they would see Remy as more than just a rat. I even like the point where he says, we could be the greatest restaurant in Paris, and this rat, this brilliant little chef, could lead us there. And so as we saw, though, Linguini has an entire staff walk out, disbelief of having a rat that would potentially cook in their kitchen. And so challenges begin. He's there. He's got a food critic coming in, waiting for them to cook something. He's under the time crunch. He has no staff. And so... Linguini struggles what to do to run the restaurant and also to serve Ego, the food critic. And so we're about to see how Remy's family connection, though, helps to get things going once again in the kitchen. We're not cooks, but we are family. You tell us what to do and we'll get it done. Someone to wait tables. I'm sorry for any delay, but we're a little short tonight. Take all the time you need. Mark it, 
kitchen being run by a family of rats. Thankfully to know that that staff is only found in a movie. Uh, anybody feeling a little squeamish as you watch? And so Remy uses his skills and his abilities along with his rat family to make things go again in the restaurant and hopefully serve chef uh, uh, the uh, critic ego a meal worth bragging about. And so Linguini then finds that he does indeed have his own talent is to offer his place waiting on tables with roller skates. And so it, it does. It takes each person's unique abilities to pull off a job. And Linguini is perhaps using what he is gifted to do here, just not cooking. And so meanwhile, Linguini does have one of his kitchen staff that ultimately comes back. His girlfriend, Colette, returns to the restaurant to find the rat staff running things in our next clip. And she reluctantly offers her help and then puts her own trust in, this, in the cooking skills of a little rat that is getting ready to make a very special dish. Let's check out this final clip of how Remy makes a memorable impression on food critic Anton Ego. Colette, wait! Colette, you came back. Colette, I... Don't say a word. If I think about it, I might change my mind. Just tell me what the rat wants to cook. It's a present dish. Are you sure you want to serve this to Ego? What I am making ratatouille? Well, how would you prepare it? Remember the last time I asked the waiter to give my compliments to the chef. And now I find myself in the extraordinary position of having my waiter be the chef. Thanks, but I'm just your waiter tonight. Then who do I thank for the meal? Uh, excuse me a minute? Must be the chef. If you wish to meet the chef, you will have to wait until all the other customers have gone. So be it. Ego thinks it's a joke, but as Linguini explains, Ego's smile disappears. He 
he doesn't react beyond asking an occasional question. And when the story is done, Ego stands, thanks us for the meal, and leaves without another word. The following day, his review appears. In many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and their selves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating itself. But there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is in the discovery and defense of the new. The world is often unkind to new talent, new creations. The new needs friends. Last night I experienced something new. An extraordinary meal from a singularly unexpected source. To say that both the meal and its maker have challenged my preconceptions about fine cooking is a gross understatement. They have rocked me to my core. In the past, I have made no secret of my disdain for Chef Gusto's famous motto, Anyone can cook. But I realize only now do I truly understand what he meant. Not everyone can become a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. It is difficult to imagine more humble origins than those of the genius now cooking at Gusto's, who is, in this critic's opinion, nothing less than the finest chef in France. I will be returning to Gusto's soon, hungry for more. And so Remy's special dish took Eton Ego back to a simpler time in life as a little boy. And in doing so, he found a meal that caused him to give high praise to the chef. And, of course, we saw the, you know, all the situations of him recognizing who he was. Totally unexpected. When a rat is discovered to be a fabulous chef, it is certainly not the expectation of an uppity food critic that he has to go through. But Ego realizes that what he has done over the years as a food critic is suddenly put in a whole new perspective. And so he shares these thoughts of his meal at Gusto's. And I love the couple of quotes that was in there. He said, an extraordinary meal from a singularly unexpected source. And he continues on his critical review with one final bit of wisdom that you and I could use to remind us in our own lives of having a new perspective. And that's that not everyone can become a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. And so at least here our last point in closing is that this, God has expectations in us that others may not see. We see in God's word, this verse that most of us have heard before, John, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not, to, and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God has a great plan for your life. He has given you the gifts and the abilities to fill that plan. And so you may think that who you are, what you look like, or the background, your background excludes you from being used by God, but but instead, he looks at you on the inside and not what others may see. we got to look forward at what lies ahead and not behind us. Seek others helping us along the way because God puts others around us to help us grow in him. And make the decision that you're going to be all that you could be for what God meant you to be from the very beginning. He meant something great. Because God's plans are beyond what any of us can imagine. So don't let others' views of you define who you will be and what you'll do because God's thoughts are always higher than our own and even the world around us. I want to pray, pray with you guys this, this morning as we a little different. I hope you enjoyed, you know, catching this and this, you know, getting some word that God just really wants you to know this morning. I, I, I you know, it's clear throughout his word that he has plans for you. He has plans for each of us and they're not the same. They're unique. And so even though we may look different, even though we may have uh, different backgrounds, God takes every bit of it to do great things using with the talents he's given us. So dear Lord, we just, I just pray this morning, God. Father, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl here this morning, Father. Lord, that you would remind us of the talents you've put in us, God. 
God, doesn't matter what the world sees us, God, you see us in a way that's beyond any others. And so, Father, I pray this morning that as everyone leaves here, Lord, that you would remind them how special they are and how you created them to be unique in their own way, doing the things that you put them to do, God. Lord, let them join others that would encourage, Lord, they would work together using their talents to do great things for you, Lord. We thank you. It's how you, it's how you designed us, how you created us, Lord. And we are so thankful this morning that you have done that, God. As a body, we come together every single day, Lord, doing the things that we do. And Lord, let us all glorify you in the process of what we do. I ask you guys one more question as you sit in there. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, this is news to me. I didn't know. I didn't know. I always thought that where I, where I come from, who I am, that it really kind of defined who I am. That I, I didn't think I could ever do more than what I look at myself. I see myself as, you know, put whatever negative thought there. But God sees you in a much bigger, much bigger than that. And he did it because he gave you a gift. He gave you a gift of Jesus. He, you were worth enough his son, his, his ultimate sacrifice, that he would have a relationship with you. And so I'm going to ask you a real question. I'm going to ask you, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. But if you're there this morning, say, Paul, you know, I don't feel like much, but I'm telling you this morning, God sent his son for you. And it, it's a real simple thing. It does, we don't have to do anything you know, uncrazy. It's just about accepting Jesus and what he did on the cross and asking his forgiveness and, and then taking a step forward to live for him. And so if you're out here this morning, maybe you say, you know, I've never asked Jesus to be a part of my life. And you saying that, I want, I want to do that. I want that to be part of my life from this moment on. It's actually wherever you are. I'm asking you just to raise your hand and put it right back. I'm not going to embarrass you, anybody. But if you got, that's you out there, just raise your hand up and say, I want to make that decision. I want, to, I want to change my life. I want to do something totally different. You want out there. All right. Maybe you're out there and say, you know, I've, I've asked at one point, but you know, I'm not really living that life, but I'd like to really recommit that decision. Because I haven't taken it as a serious as I said. If that's you, where you're going, raise your hand. I just want to recommit my life to doing what Jesus meant for me. Okay? All right? And so we're going to pray this together. I'm going to ask everybody to pray together because it's a reminder. Those of us that we go, I know where I am. It's a reminder of us of the decision we made. And we're joining those that made that decision. Let's say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for being a sacrifice for me. Thank you, Father, for loving me enough to give the ultimate gift. And Jesus, I ask you now, forgive me of my sins. Come and live inside my heart. Help me to live for you for all my days. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. I will use what you've given me to serve you for all my days. In Jesus' name, amen.